Hello and welcome to Heart and Art, the podcast that connects people through creativity. I'm your host, Danny Vanderbrook, a Hong Kong-based writer and teacher of world literature. I'm excited to be here and share the many voices of our enthusiastic and rich art scene here in Hong Kong. Each week, we deal with a philosophical question related to the arts and explore the thoughts of our guests in relation to their own craft. So to kick off the writer sharing series, if you'll indulge me, I would like to share a short story of my own. I started writing this story way back in 2016 and it was part of a writer's workshop. And the idea was to begin with a memory and to write a story around this memory. Then we were asked to think about perspective and in some way change the perspective of the story. Then the final final prompt as a call it was to in some way play with time or be playful with time. Whenever anybody says that to me I immediately think of Gabriel Garcia Marquez particularly Chronicle of a Death Foretold because that's a story in which well it's it's like a, a murder mystery story if you like or a you know a crime thriller so it's kind of um, it's reversed or you already know that the character's going to be murdered and, and when, but you're just waiting for it to happen, basically. So with that in mind, I thought about a holiday that I had a long time ago in Mexico. And this story came from a real event which happened in Mexico. And it's called Maria's Orange Dahlias. David Angel Jr.'s mother, Maria, lives in a blue townhouse in Oaxaca. Years ago, David Jr. and his younger brother, Miguel, helped their father, David Sr., to paint the outside of the house. This was long before David Sr. passed away. When Maria and David Sr. were courting, they sat in the garden of Frida Kahlo's blue house holding hands. She said she thought it was beautiful, and he had replied, so was she. So on their wedding anniversary, David Sr. enlisted the help of his boys to paint the house the same colour as Carlo's to surprise Maria. They filled the white window boxes with Maria's favourite orange dahlias. David Jr. and Miguel stood back and admired their handiwork. Fresh colours beamed out at passers-by. David Jr. would never forget his mummy's face when she arrived home. A big smile with happy tears that twinkled in the sunlight. She hugged Pappy, then held out her arms to David Jr. and Miguel. They were together, a family. The afternoon sunshine filled David Jr. from head to toe. That was over 40 years ago. The blue fachado is now sun-bleached and chipped around the window frames. The window boxes are empty. Earlier this week on Sunday evening, Maria's neighbour found her collapsed in the garden at the front of her house and called an ambulance. As Maria awoke in the hospital bed later that evening, the nurse asked if she had family to call, but Maria said no, she wouldn't allow it. It's a big week for the boys. I don't want to distract them from their business. I'm sure they'd be upset if they found out you never told them. Let me call them. The nurse checked the heart monitor and wrote something down on a clipboard. I want no fuss. Something in Maria's expression stopped the nurse. So despite deep misgivings, the nurse did not call the boys but instead a friendly neighbour, after negotiations, of course. Maria was discharged from the Clinica Hospital Carmen on the Monday afternoon and went home with angina tablets and doctor's orders for bed rest. On Thursday, Maria was feeling somewhat brighter, spending the day completing odd jobs around the house. 
The lace headrests on the green leather armchairs in the lounge are whiter from being washed. The wooden table in the dining room reflected two thick stripes of light coming through the space between the window slats. The room smelled of furniture polish, and the clock ticked thickly into the soft silence. Maria didn't know it, but David Jr. was currently on his way to Oaxaca for a visit, travelling from San Baltazar Campeche. David hadn't seen his mother in more than a month. In approximately three hours' time, Maria will collapse again. This time, she will be inside the blue house, and her neighbour will not find her. Maria's heart will stop this evening. If David arrives at the blue house within two minutes of her collapse, then he might be able to save his mother. Puebla is more than a full day's drive from Oaxaca. The morning took David only as far as San Baltazar Campeche. He stopped along the way to buy his mother some flowers her favourite orange dahlias. In truth, he bought Mummy the flowers to assuage some of the guilt he felt for not seeing her more often. But if anything, they magnified the feeling. The bouquet was wrapped in yesterday's newspaper on the back seat of his car, and the sickly sweet smell of its presence suffocated him. Mulling over the details of the morning, David wound down the window and lit another Marlboro cigarette. The tip glowed yellow, a pool of smoke against the brown smoke stain on the roof of the Nissan. Outside, corrugated tin roofs began to appear on the horizon of yellow scrub and flowering cacti. There was a small village up ahead. As the houses came slowly into focus, his cell phone glowed green and rattled against silver change in the tray in front of the gear stick. Que onda? Si, si. No hay bronco. Si, ahorita. Hay un chingo de tráfico. Si. A huevo, a huevo, adios. His brother, golden boy. What a pain in the ass. When did you last call Ma? She misses you, you should stop by more. Are you there yet? He was taking all day to drive there now. Miguel couldn't even let him get there in peace. David wasn't so far away now anyway. He just passed a sign for Huahuapan de Leon. He'd be at Oaxaca soon enough. He tossed his cell back in the glove compartment and rooted around for some chewing gum. He was chewing so hard he almost bit into his cheek. He knew Mammy would start a game once he got there. Come to church with me, baby. It's been so long. It'd make your mummy so happy. David, did you forget how precocious? David's childhood home was around the corner from a zocalo, or square, surrounded by rust-coloured buildings, the green shade of trees, and the church of Santo Domingo de Guzman. There was a time he had been a good Catholic boy, when he had attended Mass every Sunday and sang in the choir. Back then it was really something, sweeping across the worn stone floors in crisp white altar boy robes, looking up at those golden baroque arches and the frescoes on the ceiling. He really felt something like spirit stirring in his belly. But then, one day, he just stopped going. Now the road was clear ahead, David put his foot down on the accelerator whilst chewing still harder on his gum. Back then his mummy had tried everything to get him to go. Ordered him, grounded him, made him go without dinner, pleaded, shouted and cried. Then when that didn't work, she'd gone through the whole cycle again, trying to find out why David refused to go to church. Eventually she gave up, though she'd never really forgiven him. David had given her a few reasons. He'd never been a very good liar. His eyes had a habit of shifting from side to side whenever he tried to lie. So Maria didn't believe him, and it had been a big, invisible question mark hanging over their relationship ever since. 
David just glanced up in time to see the large bumper and the rear-view mirror of a white Dodge Caravan coming closer and closer. He pounded his foot on the brakes, but it was too late. His forehead hit on the dashboard, and he somehow bit the steering wheel and his lip at the same time. Mamon! David touched his bleeding lip whilst holding his jaw, pain shooting through the side of his head. He glared out at the Dodge and slammed the horn on his Nissan. Why the hell did they stop in the middle of the goddamn road? Three blonde women and two brown-haired guys got out of the Dodge, all Caucasian. They stood looking at the back end of the caravan. Blonde women. David felt his face contort in an ugly way. It was then he noticed the green and yellow sign on the side. Europe car. The day young David had stopped going to church, he'd come home from school early. They weren't supposed to go off school premises, but David knew his mummy was out of town and Pappy was at work. School food was awful, so he sneaked home. He arrived at the back door and turned his key in the lock slowly. He planned to go through the kitchen and up to his bedroom to eat the churros and Coca-Cola he'd hidden earlier. As the door closed behind him, he thought he heard a muffled sound from the salon, but he froze very still and waited it out. No one could know he was home. After a moment, the noise began again, a murmuring and shuffling. David's heart felt like it was on pause. Perhaps it was a burglar, and if it was in this moment, David was the man of the house. He thought about what his pappy would do. He'd defend his home for his family. But David Jr. wasn't quite feeling up to the challenge. As his courage deflated, he sank down onto all fours like a cat and crept steadily toward the sound. The closer he became, the more rhythmic and consistent the sound. It was like the squeak of leather and a creak, like when Mammy was in the rocking chair reading. But Mammy wasn't here. The door to the salon was slightly ajar, and David Jr. drew in his breath as he sat on his ankles and peered around the door. Pappy's naked ass. His pants were around his ankles. But Mammy wasn't here. This chica had blonde hair, and he could see her long white legs crossed around Pappy's back. She kept saying, David, see, David, which made David Jr. blush, because he'd, never see, because he'd never seen a naked chica before. And for a second he sat watching and imagined it was him and not his Pappy. Then the chica's arm knocked over the thin rectangular glass bars of Mummy's orange dahlias on the coffee table next to the couch. Water dribbled across the table and onto the carpet. David Jr. bit his lip to stop himself from shouting at his pappy. He shuffled backwards towards the kitchen, got up and hauled himself through the back door, slamming it behind him in his hurry to escape. He sprinted back to school without stopping, sweat and tears stinging his eyes. How could his pappy do this to his mummy? He thought back to the time outside the blue house when he felt filled with sunshine, except now the sunshine turned into a boiling red cloud and David Jr. felt his heart might burst with anger at Pappy. Family, love, the blue house, the flowers, God. It was all just a scam. None of it was real. Fake, fake, fachado. As David ran out of energy and slowed to a stop, he was in front of the school gates once more. His face burned red and his stomach felt tight. He bent down, hands on his knees, and a thin string of bile trailed from his lips to the ground. Fucking gueros! What the hell are they doing out here anyway? Always ruining everything. 
His tooth felt cracked. He prodded it gently with the tip of his tongue, wincing. They should learn to drive for a start. He got out to assess the damage. One of the headlamps was out and the grill shattered, hanging down in two pieces. Locals started to gather at the side of the road, talking amongst themselves. Cojones! David wasn't sure which was more painful, the damage to the Nissan or his damned tooth. One of the locals, a broad guy with a beard and ruddy cheeks, sidled over. Hola, are you okay, friend? David frowned. No, I'm not. My car and my tooth are fucked. These fucking assholes. He gestured to the Guerros in front. You speak English? Asked Cheeks. What's that got to do with anything? David crossed his arms. They are English. I can help you out, friend. I speak English. Listen, David began. Ruddy Cheeks interrupted. I can help, but I want to cut. This guy's too slick, thought David. It can't be the first time he's pulled this one. What? It's my fucking car that's battered to pieces. Who the hell are you anyway? I live down that lane there. Cheeks pointed to a small track the other side of the road. I saw the accident. I saw it happen. I can vouch for you, my friend. He winked at David. David looked sideways at Cheeks. This guy came on the scene pretty quickly. There was never any shortage of opportunists among the mixed tecker. Why did they stop in the middle of the road anyway? David asked. A dog. A dog? They stopped for a fucking dog? Ow! He clutched his tooth. The old guero was driving. David and Cheeks laughed. Ha! Figures, spat David. What do you mean a cut? David nodded his head and eyed Cheeks. I'll translate and get them back to my place. We store them, you call friends. They don't leave until they pay. I've hidden a ten millimeter, understand? How much do you want? asked David. Thirty percent. Hmm, think you're going to get anything out of them when you don't speak English? They might speak Espanol. I doubt it. They're green enough to drive around here and stop for a fucking dog. You have a point. Are we on? David sighed and winked at cheeks. Okay, okay. David knew he could always turn the situation around once the Gueros were out of the way. His guys could pull their guns on cheeks next and take the full cut themselves. Easy. You go to them first. Cheeks called over his shoulder, wandering off. David opened the car door to help himself to another Marlboro. He lit and inhaled deeply. Anything to take the edge off his goddamn broken teeth. Now to deal with these crazy gueros. He shut the door and walked slowly over to the group that had formed at the back of the Dodge. Me debes dinero. Que daño me coche? David demanded as he walked over. No point in niceties. He was in pain and an even shittier mood by this point. This demand for money didn't seem to go down well with the younger Guero. He had a bit of Spanish, but not much. His white face turned pinker, and David could tell this boy was getting angrier. Still, it didn't matter anyway. He'd get them good and wound up before Cheeks took over. David raised his voice a little louder and repeated himself. He threw in a few arm motions for emphasis. These fuckers wouldn't take the blame without some help. Cheeks came strolling back over to intervene. His English sounded pretty good. David relaxed into the situation. Cheeks worked his magic, making calls, persuading the Gueros he was only there to help. The Gueros got back into their dodge and started to drive towards the lane where Cheeks lived. David got back inside his Nissan for a moment and called up his boys. Antonio, que onda? I need your help. Come and bring the boys. 
What? I prang the car, a bunch of gueros. I need your help getting some dinero. I know, I know, Cece. Can you get here in ten minutes? See, si, see, si. adios. Yes, the Mendoza and the Beretta. David shook his fists at the gueros. He kept his eyes on the tallest blonde guerra. He looked at the pistol in his glove box and imagined what she would look like with a perfect hit in the center of her forehead. He imagined dragging her limp body to the back seat of his car and fucking her before he threw her onto the side of the road and drove away. He stamped out his Marlboro and put his seat back as far as it would go. Lost in his torture fantasy while waiting for the others to arrive, his work for now was done. David's cell phone started to vibrate from the glove box. He reached over. It was his brother again, Miguel. It was probably just going to make him feel bad. He missed Mummy's lunch already. David turned off his cell phone. Family could wait. David hadn't noticed, but Maria's orange dahlias had fallen from the back seat underneath his chair. The act of sliding back the chair had caught the orange and yellow stained velvet petals in the black metal runner of the seat. The head snapped off with warm flour, and the moisture bled out from the petals onto the metal. Cheeks was still working his magic. The gueros were going inside his house now. Everything was going to plan. David hoped the boys would arrive soon. He didn't have much time. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to join in the discussion, have questions or comments, please post on our Facebook wall at fb.me forward slash heart in art 2019. If you love art and would like to take part in the show, contact us at m.me forward slash heart in art 2019. I've been your host, Danny Vanderbrook. Thank you for listening and see you next time.